0: and we'll get you taken care of. Praise God. You know, I understand that when uh, we went up to the mountain, the men went up to the mountain, that my wife um, began to talk about me, <laughs> began to share some things about me, and something came out like I was a, a prankster or something like that, and and I don't know where she got that story from. I don't know if any of you remember that. When you here when she spoke, and she just told it all. Yes, she did. And I'm like, wow. And I said, honey, you're messing with my image and stuff like that, you know. So she's like, forget it. It's out. You know what I mean? But, you know, there's things that happen a lot of times in life, and you just have so much fun, and, and you laugh about it. So I have to tell you something that was pretty funny. That happened to both of us and and one day on a Friday I was off and I decided to go out just finished working out and and she asked me to go to the store so I went to the store and uh, when I went to the store for her I was actually out in front of the store and then there was a car that was parked next to mine and inside that car there was two ladies in there and uh, I was on the phone talking to my daughter because we were trying to get um, I believe like some airline tickets or something of that nature so we went ahead and did that. I'm on the phone. All of a sudden, just a, I mean, a, a big just gust of wind came up and knocked the paper out of my hand. And this is a true story. This is true. I'm not making this up. And then it flew right out of my hand, went under my car, and I couldn't find it. So I'm there and I'm looking and I'm looking for it. and I get down on my knees. I'm looking and see the people that were next door to me probably thought, what is this guy doing? Next door meaning next car. So, you know, and I don't know if they were locking their doors, rolling up their windows. I don't know what it was. So I got out, and I said, I'm okay. I'm okay. I lost a piece of paper. Well, I didn't realize that the piece of paper had slid or blew underneath their vehicle. So what happened was, well, you know, I looked, and I seen it right by the tire. So then one of the ladies decided to get out and said, I'll get it. I said, no, ma'am. I mean, I'll get it. So I got out, and I picked it up, didn't think anything about it. You know, went on my way. Went in the store, came out. Well, when I came out, and I'm, you know, just minding my business, I'm getting out of my, get in the car, start the engine up, and I notice that there is, you know how people put flyers and stuff on your windshield and all that, and I'm thinking, ah, well, I already started up, and started backing out. I'm not going to mess with that. Was, so there was a piece of paper on my, on my windshield wiper. I didn't even think about it. Well, I went home, and Betty and I just spent time together, went to the movies and everything, and, you know, went out to eat and didn't even think about it. Well, come the next day, the car is parked right out here. In the front of the church, and she said, "Hey, I need the car." So she comes and gets the car. I didn't think anything about it. I didn't know what that piece of paper was. So she gets the car, goes shopping, comes home, then pulls. I said, "I want to get this piece of paper." Well, when she got the piece of paper, there was a note on there from that one of those ladies that was in the car. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's so you know I didn't know that, but the thing about it, and she didn't know that. All she knew is that the, that there was a, the, the car was parked out in front of the church. And there was a note in the windshield wiper when she picked it up from the church. So, so I'm, I'm like, hey, man, I'm having fun. I'm coming home. I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? What's happening? And she holds up a note like this is what's happening right now. And I'm like, what is that all about? I had no idea. I never even checked it. I didn't think anything about it. So she's talking to my daughter. and said, here he comes now. That is never good. Here he comes now. So next thing I know. She holds up the note, and she says, what is this? I said, what is what? What's going on? And I'm being all drove and stuff, and she reads the note. And the note says, I don't know if you remember me, but, but I'm the one that uh, your paper blew under my car. And if you're not married, I'd like to get to know you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. So I'm thinking for a moment, how do I respond to that? I want to go, yes. No, anyway, you know what I'm saying? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. She wasn't playing. So all I know is she wasn't playing with me, wasn't playing that game. And then I'm going, oh, no. I said, read that note again? No, I'm just joking. So I was being bad. She said, this is what it says. And, and I, she said, and it had the number on this. I'm going to call her. I said, baby, don't call that. I don't even know who that woman is. Don't call her. But she was more concerned about because I knew where the note came from at the store. She thought it was from the church. Oh, did you hear me? Yeah. We're about, we about to raise the roof up in here. Now All I know... <laughs> All I know is I said, well, what's going on? And then I said, well, let me see the note. And I'm saying, yeah. So we tease each other. Now, you know, people pay you compliments and stuff. But it's really no big thing for us, you know. I remember she was walking through Walmart and going over to the meat section. And there was a young man that that was hitting on her and stuff. And she came home and told me about it. And I said, man, you think you still got it? You know what I'm saying? You know, and that's how we, that's how we tease each other. So I'm like, so really, I kind of did. I said, yes. Well, not like I said that, but Sitting right there, but I said yes, and she's like, "Man," she said, "You know, let me tell you something." She said, "Did you look at the note?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "What kind of woman would write a note in crayon?" You know. I said, "Oh my gosh." I said, "I didn't want to see the note." I mean, you know, just pop my little bubble. And so, but I thought I'd tell you that. But I will tell you this, you know. Now, she sits over there all cool and everything, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, if you ever want to know, you're single, you ever want to know how to get a man, you talk to her because she'll tell you. Because I remember when I met her, it was over at a friend's house. I'm just going to tell it all. No, I'm just joking. But um, <laughs> we're all gathering together, hanging out, and we're all, you know, we, when we went out together and, and dates and stuff, we didn't just go, you know, by, by ourselves. We went out as a group. And then so we're over to the person's house, and everybody was over, had a little snack, food, and stuff like that. So I got up to go into the kitchen. And when I got up to go into the kitchen, I noticed that someone followed me in the kitchen. Well, it was Betty who followed me in the kitchen. Now, we wasn't together, you know. She was checking me out. (laughs) You say, how do you know that? Well, check this out. So I'm, I'm in the kitchen. I don't know what I'm looking for. And she offers me a piece of cake. Now you don't offer no guy a piece of cake. You know what I mean? I that's not. Well, a piece of cake for. You know what I'm saying? And she's being all nice to me and everything like that. Check me out. I said, "Hey, yeah, how would you like a piece of cake?" I said, "No, I don't want no cake." No, nah, I'm just joking. I said, "I'll take a piece of cake." Next thing I know, I can find it out, man. We're going out to eat. I'm getting ready to go in the military. She's in the back back seat with her daughter and we're we're driving, my belly and I. And she said, "Well, how come you two young guys? How come y'all ain't found anybody?" I'm thinking, "Oh, that's number 2." First a cake, now she's asking about, you know, how come we don't have nobody. You know what I'm saying? Ain't with nobody. I looked at my buddy and said, man, she's checking you out. She ain't checking me out. That's what we said, you know. Next thing I know, she's supposed to write me on behalf of all of our friends. I'm in the military. Well, okay, it starts out good, you know. First letter, no problem. Tell me, hey, somebody, everybody. Next thing you know, I get the letter. I go like this. Well, what is that? That's perfume. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait man, I thought this was for everybody. I open it up, and it's got... Let me just tell you, it all changed. You know what I'm saying? That's all i want to tell you. And so next thing you know, I come home, ask her to marry me. You know, you know what she did? I got on my knees. Guys, I got on my knees. And I said, will you marry me? You know what she said to me? She said, she said I'll think about it. I started to get up and say, What? I'm only kidding, baby. I'm like, I don't know. I ain't kidding right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to take that proposal back. So that's all I got to say. Yeah. All right. So there you go. So, anyways, and and I got the mic. How about that? So let's pray. How about that? (laughs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We just thank you, Lord, that we can come together and just center around your word and just have fun in knowing that you care about us. And, and Lord, that we can look to you for wisdom and insight and understanding. And that's just what we desire to do this evening. Lord, we're not in a hurry here. We just uh, just wait upon you and thank you for guidance and understanding. I ask you, Father God, to use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to write upon the hearts of your people. I truly believe in advance that every heart that is here this evening is good ground, good soil for the Word of God. And as the Word of God is taught and preached, it will cause faith to rise big on the inside of them. And then, Father God, they'll be able to believe you and trust you and lay hold of your precious promises. We give you glory and honor and praise, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everyone agree with that? Say amen. amen. All right. The Nature of Faith, part three. Well, this has been the actual text we've been using, and we find this in Hebrews chapter 11. We'll begin in verse 1 in your notes. Now faith. Now this is important because it says now faith. Now faith, that means it's right now. It's not past, it's not future, it's right now. Now faith. Say now faith. faith. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen? For by it the elders obtained a good report. By what? Faith. Through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The nature of faith. God was so pleased by the patriarchs here. We can see reading this in the matriarchs of old when they demonstrated great faith. And we find out that in, if we go down in this same chapter, verse 6, that the Lord, the Bible says that, that God is pleased When we exercise our faith or when we demonstrate our faith, because faith pleases God. Say, faith pleases God. It does. So, now faith, and Amplified, right above my head, says this, and we mentioned this on last time. Now faith is, let's find out what it is. It's the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. I like that. You're buying a house. You ever bought a house and you paid it off? You get a title deed. That is your house, a car. You get a title. That is your vehicle. That's what saying that faith is. It's a title deed. It's something that you have. It's minds right now. Of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Hebrews 11.1. That's the Amplified. A quote here we have in your notes by Mary Sutherland says this. Faith is a three-letter word. Faith says yes. Oh, I like that. Faith says yes. Faith teaches us to expect the best. Think about it. How important is our faith? Well, we cannot be saved except by faith. That's how important our faith is. How important is our faith? I believe we cannot be kept. We cannot be kept but by faith. And not only that, how important is our faith? Also, I believe that we'll be caught up by faith. Can you say amen? This is how important our faith is. I really believe that. We left off last time talking about the nature of faith, and we said this found in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 17. If you don't mind, would you go ahead and turn there in your Bibles? We'll look at this, and then we'll just keep moving forward. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17 we're dealing with talking about the very nature of faith, the nature of faith. The New King James Version, I know it says King James, but I have in my hand, my possession at this time, is the New King James, beginning in verse 14. This is what it says. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in, whom of, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings, or glad things, of, or should I say glad tidings of good things. Now, notice this in your notes, the nature of faith, and here's a demonstration of it. The one sent preaches the word. We established this on last time. Preaches what? Well, whatever they preach, the one they're sent, they preach the word. It could be along the lines of faith. It could be along the lines of healing. It could be along the lines of prosperity. But that one sent preaches the word. In your notes. B, it says, now that word preached is heard. So when the word is preached, you and I begin to hear. We listen. We apply to what's happening, what we're hearing. And then by faith, what happens is because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, it builds up faith on the inside of us. See, what is heard is then believed upon. It is believed upon because we're hearing God's word. And then we said lastly, on last time, the reaction to what we believe is the result of our faith, is a result of our faith. I believe this. I believe God wants us to be a people who will launch out in God. Who will just take him by faith. Launch out in God and then launching out in God, they dare to have faith. Come on. He wants the people that will dare to have faith, which will always take, and this is what I love about it, which always take us beyond what is called commonplace and move us to an abiding place. This is important, gang. God is looking for a people. And say, I'm one of them. Aren't you one of them? I mean, think about it. I don't know what's going on in your life or what you've been going through. It could have been yesterday, even today, a week ago, a month ago. But God is looking, I believe, for a people that will rise up, that will step out, that will launch out into the deep and trust him and use their faith to get things done. But not just any kind of faith, not just things that are common place, but an abiding place. An abiding place, so we have commonplace, we're moving from commonplace to an abiding place, to a place of habitation where we're hanging out with God. I believe this is what God wants us to do. Well, here's a spiritual truth. God remains faithful. Regardless of what you're going through, God remains faithful. Regardless of what's happening around you, God remains faithful. This must be settled inside of our hearts and our spirit. I said this on last time when we were looking for a job. I mentioned uh, that we were, we, we were here stationed at Cannon Air Force Base in the military in 1990. We left and went to Oklahoma and spent some time there. But before we left, we began, Betty and I, to put our, our, our faith together. We began to pray and to believe God that our faith or our prayers would go ahead of us. Now, we didn't get to Oklahoma and say, okay, what are we going to do? No, what we began to do, we knew what we needed to have happen in our lives. We, know, we knew we needed a job. Say job. job. Yeah, we had to take care of my family. We wanted a house. So we began to speak that in advance. We didn't begin to speak that once we got there. We spoke it while we were here, and we believed God. Well, when we believed God, we talked about last time on a job, as far as a job is concerned, you remember, last time, I mean, I was offered three jobs, and then I chose one. Loved it. I was there for a year and a half. It was a blessing. Promotion after promotion, raises after raises. They, they were giving us COLA adjustments, cost of living adjustment. I like that. I don't know if anybody's getting that today, but, you know, that's what they were doing then. And uh, praise God, that was wonderful. Getting the, I, I said, man, that's nice. That's like a little tip, you know. And it was really good. But then I'm sitting in my little, I say my little cubicle partition. And then, you see, because we went to Oklahoma to go to Rema. And I'm sitting there enjoying this job because God blessed us. God blessed us. And I'm like, Lord, this is wonderful. Then all of a sudden, I hear this voice that says, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, what is that? In other words, your time is up here. And I looked around, and I said, who said that? Well, that was the Spirit of God. Now, I can't tell you that I heard it out here, but I heard it in here. And when I heard it in here, I said, oh you're to have to go talk to my wife. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, she loved that job. It was good money. Are you listening to me? So I said, okay, all right. So I knew. I went home. I said, I said Betty, we need to talk. I said, this wonderful job that we have, it's time for me to go. She said, the devil's a liar. <laughs> I said, Lord, come on. I thought you was going to talk to her. Because, you see, we, but we had to realize then that we were placing our faith in that job and not placing our faith in God. So what we began to do is immediately began to pray. Well, of course, the, the, the boss that I had, the manager I had, he said, are you sure you're supposed to leave because we need good Christian men here in this business? And I said, I agree with that, but not this one, because I'm not going to get out of the will of God. And what we began to understand and what we've been taught is that you, you don't want to get out of the will of God. When God has said something to you, he speaks to your heart, then you need to respond to that and you need to obey that so that the blessings of God will continue to flow in your life. Can you say Amen. So we went ahead and said, well, it's time to go. Well, this guy, they did everything they could do. They tried to move, I mean, just different positions around, jobs around, and tried to get me to work at night. They just didn't have anything like that available. And I was praying that they did. But we were still headed out to REMA. So here comes a, um, Labor Day weekend and all that, and, you know, school's getting ready to start. So, of course, my last day. What happens is I go in. I go into. he tells me all about, all about how wonderful, we did a great job. And sure, you can't, I can't change your mind. Oh, no, we, we're moving forward. And he pulled out an envelope. It was a big check. And he said, now, there's plenty of this, there's plenty more of this that came from. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, I know. Thank you for the check. You know what I'm saying? It was my check. My name was on it. Come on now, I earned it. But I said, sir, I I can't stay. I got to go. He said, okay. So I left. You know, those I was working with, the people I was working with, they said, Now, what are you going to do? They began to ask me in question. What are you going to do? I cannot believe that you're going to leave a managerial job and then go ahead and, and just just leave. Man, don't you know that all of us, those who are here that are supervisors, we, were been, we have been just looking, I mean, just desiring to get this position. And you're just going to leave it? I said, I'm going to obey God. Then they said, Well, you need a job? And I said, Yeah. They asked me if I wanted to mow their grass. Can you believe that? <laughs> They're messing with me. You want to lower my grass? I said, no, nah, we all right. God's going to take care of me. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting here, and this is how faith. I'm telling you how faithful, the nature of faith. So I put my faith out, and I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm, I'm going to apply for Federal Express. Hadn't heard anything from him in several weeks, almost months. Hadn't heard a word. I'm sitting again in my cubicle, in my little partition before I left. And the Spirit of God tells me, I mean, I just sensed that. Give him a call. I mean, just lie, just give him a call. So immediately I call, and I didn't know they were interviewing and this was the last day of their interviews. And they said, well, sir, hold on. Let me get back with you. If you can hurry up and get over there, we'll go ahead and get you in because you're going to be the last one. Whew, man, my boss said, go ahead and go. I mean, that's the favor of God. He said, go ahead and go. I got over there. Man, i tell you what happened. We got in there, and I'm sitting there. And I'm telling this guy, he's telling me, he said, hey, you know, just come on in and, and here's you know, give me the ABCs and all that stuff. I said, sir, I respect you. I know you're a manager, and I know you're busy, but let's, we don't need to talk about all that. He's like, what? I said, this is my job. I know that's not normal. Are you listening to me? Now, I am telling you to do it. This is what I did. Okay, all right. That's okay. But it's what I did. I said, I believe that this is my job. Now, listen, I believe I'm not here. Now, of course, I'm not telling you to do this. This is what I did. I said, I believe I'm here because I'm supposed to be here. And I don't believe whoever you interviewed all day can do the kind of job I can do. I know. So he looked at me the same way y'all looking at me now. <laughs> and he said, well, okay. I mean, what is he going to say? And so he says, all right, well, you know, you know, we don't normally do this. You know, I can't just hire you on the spot, so I'll get back with you in two weeks. I'll get back there. I'll let you know what's going on. Well, of course, you know, then they sent the paper and told me to go ahead and take a drug test. I knew I was hired. And then I came in there and sat down and talked to him, first, first little interview I had with him. And he said, you know what impressed me? He said, I said, what? He said, that you have faith. I didn't know he was a Christian. You had faith, that you actually believed that this was your job. And he said, let me tell you, that's why I chose you, because I need somebody like you on the job. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay, let's get back to our notes. This is spiritual truth. God remains faithful. Amen? Romans chapter 3, 3 through 4 tells us this. It simply says, what if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, so, listen, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. Listen to this quote by D.L. Moody. Is there any reason why you should not have faith in God? Wow. Has God ever broken one of his promises? I defy any infidel or unbeliever to place a finger on a single promise God ever made and failed to fulfill. Man, that's powerful. Oh, I like that. So, A, let's look at this dealing with the nature of faith. I believe that faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. You can hear it. You know, when you're around, I mean, even sometimes you have to probably chuckle at yourself. You know you believe in God for something. I don't know if you've ever been there before, and you'll be honest enough to say you have. That you believe in God for something, and all of a sudden you begin to talk about it, and you go, oh, man, I am not in faith. Oh, okay, I know. Don't raise your hands. I'm just saying, been there, done that. Yes, several times. What I'm saying is that faith has a voice. And just like fear has a voice, doubt has a voice, come on, there's a voice. And you can hear it when you're speaking it, when it comes out of your mouth. Now, notice this in verse 13. Verse 13 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Family of God, when we have faith, this is the nature of faith, when you and I have faith, faith speaks. There is a voice. There is a a knowing down on the inside of us I like to say it this way, that I, know, that I 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 know. What God said in his word shall come to pass. Faith speaks. Think about this, the 12 spies going into the land that God has promised us. Promise them. Maybe God has promised you something, and you may feel like you're these 12 spies that's going into a land that God says are going into a provision. Come on, that God has promised you. And imagine you're part of the twelve. God has already said, I've given you the land. God has already said, I've already given you, I've promised you whatever you believe. Come on now. Has he not already given us healing? Has he not already given us prosperity? Come on now, he has, right? So this is a promise. He says it's ours. So it's just like when we come up to believing God and what we need from him, we're standing right there going into our promised land to possess what God said he's already given us. This is what happened to the 12 spies. And when they went in, we understand the results of it, how the spies came back in the reports, 10-2. Ten of them had, the Bible says, which is an evil report. That report was not a report of faith. You say, how do you know that? Because God already told them that the land was theirs. Listen to me. When God has already spoken to you and said in his word what belongs to you, then it's yours. Then it's yours. What we have to watch out that we don't do is begin to question that and go, well, I don't know if that's mine. We see when you can find it in the word of God, you can claim it. You can believe it. It's yours. God said, I'll supply all of your needs. Come on, your needs, my needs, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We can find it in the word. God has promised us that. Amen. God said, by his stripes, you were healed. That is a promise. So what we do is we lay hold of that promise and say, thank you, Lord, and walk it out. So what happens here, we see that there is, there is what was called a negative report, a report, an evil report, and then a good report. That good report really is a report of faith that Joshua and Caleb brought back to the people. Oh, man, can you imagine all of a sudden they're standing up in front of the congregation, the people, and they're saying that land which the Lord has promised us, that we can have it, we are well able to go and possess it. And they said, no, we can't. No, we can't. The ten said we can't. The two said we could. Wow. And I wonder sometimes in life about us, about me. When God says I can have something, I can believe for it, and then all of a sudden my mind begins to tell me that I can't. What am I going to believe? Am I going to believe the word of God or I going to believe that my mind? I need to get my mind renewed to the word of God. And, and so my mind gets hooked up to what God says, and then I can go out and possess it. I can have it because God said I could. That's faith. Well, as we continue to look here, we can see in verse 30 of Numbers chapter 13, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Why? Because Caleb had faith. He heard what God said, and he went after it. Can you say amen? For we are well able to overcome it. The other ones were saying, no, we can't. But I love what it says in the message. It says, Caleb interrupted. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's just in my mind. Just wait a minute. He said, he called silence before Moses and said, Let's go up and take the land now. Oh, come on. Now. That's faith. That's faith. You see, because we read this in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He said, let us go up and take the land now. We can do it. Glory to God. We can do it. I'm saying to you that you can do it. Whatever God has promised you, he has already spoken into your heart. You can do it. All you have to do is trust God, believe God, and it will come to pass in your life. All we have to do is trust God. Can you say amen? amen? We can do it. Marilyn Hickey said this, developing, though, an active faith that gets results is a journey. Wow. A lot of times, I believe, when we start out on this journey of faith, some are saying, when is it going to be over? But the journey of faith is never over. The just shall live by faith. Family of God. So that means every day we get up, everything that we do, man, we should be applying our faith to. Because it is a journey. All right? It's not a sprint, it's not a little marathon. It is a journey. And it's a lifelong journey. Faith. Now, so let's look at B. Faith says the answer. Faith says. The answer, we find here in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, it's in your notes. What does does Scripture say? Well, Abraham, talking about Abraham, he believed God, in your notes, and that faith, that faith was regarded by God to be his approval of Abraham. Notice this. This is God's words translation. It says, Abraham believed God, and that faith was regarded by God. When Abraham believed God, when you believe God, your faith will be regarded by God. God responds to faith. I said God responds to faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, 6. Go ahead and sit down, my brother. Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11:6 6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Are you listening to me? Impossible. And they that go to him or come to him must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God responds to faith. He responded to Abraham's faith. He'll respond to your faith. All we have to do is believe God. Trust God. Can you say amen? And then Allow God to move on your behalf. Faith is a journey. Now, the con- now, when we look at the other translation, we see it here, the contemporary English version, it says this in your notes. The scriptures say God accepted Abraham because Abraham had faith in him. Wow. This is why God accepted Abraham. Oh, let me read this to you. Listen to this. You'll love it as we pick up in verse 17 of the same chapter, the message translation. Listen to this. We call Abraham father, not because he got attention by by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as, as father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God. To do what only God could do. Raise the dead to life. Come on. With a word, make something out of nothing. Oh, I like that. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway. Oh, glory to God. Man, that's a message right there. When everything was hopeless, say hopeless. All right. Anyway, listen, come on. Hopeless. When everything was Hopeless believed God. All right? Then it says Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Oh, man. Hallelujah. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. No. This hundred year old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. Ooh, man. Then it says, he plunged, I like this, into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. I mean, he plunged into the promise of God. Then it says, sure. Sure, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. Mm. Family of God, we have to trust him and believe in all of our hearts, regardless of what's happening around us, that God will make sure of what he said. He'll make sure of what he said. God is not a man that he should lie. But the Son of Man... Listen, not nor the Son of Man that he should repent. Come on. Hath God said, so shall he do it. Hath he spoken it, so shall he bring it to pass. But we need to get that inside of our spirit. Are you listening to me? Get that inside of your spirit that what God said is true. So the question is, what has he said to you? What has he said to you? That's the question. What has he said to you? Because what you have to understand is that you believe what God said and you lay hold of it. And when you lay hold of what God says, then God will begin to work on your behalf the same way he worked on Abraham's behalf. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on. See, so we're going to trust God. This is the very nature of faith. Now, Now, come on. Abraham was, I mean, it seemed like his back was up against the wall. Am I right about it? Think about it. But God gave him a word. God gave him a promise. God has given you his word. So the question is, what are you believing for right now? What are you believing for? What are you asking God to do in your life? What are you asking God to do in the life of your family? What are you asking God to do in your body? How about in your finances? What are, you, are, you, are we giving God something to work with? Because God responds to faith. I said God responds to faith. In the same way that he responded to Abraham, he'll respond to you. All we have to do is believe him. Can you say amen? As we continue your notes, it says Abraham. Now, this is important. Abraham completely. Now, this this will blow some of our religious minds here. Listen, Abraham completely ignored. The evidences of his physical senses. Now, a lot of people will trip over that and say, wait a minute, what do you mean he ignored? Well, he says because, it says here, because they contradicted what God had said. Come on. God has given you a promise. He's told you what he's going to do in your life. And then all of a sudden, things try to come up. Things try to come up and hinder what God has said you have to go with what god said you stay with what the word of god says because anything that contradicts that we know we know that contradicts what god said is not of god listen to me if god said i said if he said if he said i'm going to supply all your needs and the economy says we run it out uh oh what you going to believe Okay. Yes. See, we have to watch what comes out of our mouths. Because if we begin, as I said, faith has a voice. And we have to watch what comes out of our mouth. Because if we're focusing on only on what we see, what we hear, I said, before what we taste, what we feel, you know, our senses. And go, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Gang, okay, now hold on now. You have a God that's already told you. Listen, I'm going to supply all your needs. Trust me. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be your front guard, rear guard, side guard. I'm here for you, baby. Come on, anything you need, I got it. Trust me. That's what God is saying. Trust me. That's all He wants you to do. So let's finish up. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, And we, you and I, must lay hold of God's word and see it as precious the gospel. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We cannot be ashamed. This is a day and time in which we live when the enemy is sticking up his ugly head and trying to cause all kinds of confusion. Come on now. And it's bringing, and trying to wreak, wreak all kinds of havoc upon people in their lives. You can see it in person. You don't just have to watch it on TV. So here we come. And here we go. In and out of places in life. And we have an opportunity to testify. About how good God is. What's going to come out of our mouths. Faith. Has a voice. I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed. Of the gospel. Of Christ. We cannot be ashamed. You say how am I going to be ashamed. What do you mean by being ashamed. And someone you see. You know they're hurting in their bodies. They're bent over. They could have stopped. I mean, they could be anywhere in a store or anywhere in a mall. And you know you have an opportunity. The Spirit of God begins to rise up in you and says, go pray for them. Uh-oh. You look around me. Now, I've been there before. How about you? Yeah. How do we respond to that? We say, oh, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. And we go. Come on now. Because we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Of Christ, It is the power of God unto salvation. The Lord leads you. The Spirit of God leads you. Follow that leading. Trust God. And if you know you hear from God and you know his voice, he's not going to send you to do something that, that you shouldn't be doing. I mean, a lot of times what happens when the Lord sends us to people like that, those individuals have been praying, those individuals have been seeking. A lot of times those people say, I need an answer. I need a change in my life. I need a change in my body. I need a change in my finances. And then all of a sudden, here comes a Christian. Come on, glory to God. Here you come. Walking down, minding your own business, the Spirit of God just speaks to your spirit and says, go help them. Oh, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Come on. I'm not ashamed. Why? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And this is how we're going to finish. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just, that's you and I, we shall live by faith. This is the nature of faith. Now, so how do we get there? How do we continue to walk in it? We began, again, by hearing the word of God. We began by believing what we heard. We began to respond to what we heard. And it produces faith on the inside of us. And we begin to respond to that. There's a corresponding action to that. And because of that, we receive and get the desired results of what we're believing God for. But gang, we have to spend time in the word. We have to spend time in the Word. And you have faith. God has given you faith. God has given all of us faith, a measure of faith. Some say, I don't don't know if I have faith. You have it. It just needs to be developed. It's just like going into an exercise room, working out. It's just like going and working out and deciding, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to go ahead and get in shape. Now, I know many have done this, and I have done it too. I said, I'm going to go ahead and just, man, I'm going I'm to try to just get on that treadmill, and I'm going to go ahead and do 10 miles. And I know I can't do 10 miles. That's not wisdom. But I get on because I see everybody around me. Oh, okay, you think you can do it? I can do it too. You know, we get on there, and we, and we don't use wisdom. Oh, yeah, we get on, it may take a little bit longer, but when we get off that baby, we go home, we go, oh, man, we're sore all over, and guess what? Then we're out for a whole week. Am I right about it? That is not wisdom. But at the same time, here's what we have to do. We have to start somewhere to begin to apply our faith. It's just like you couldn't go in, you couldn't go into a gym, and you haven't been lifting weights, and all of a sudden there's 300 pounds on the bench press. And all of a sudden you get there, it's there, and you say, I think I'm going to go ahead and lift that. Now, did you say, I think I'm going to lift it, or are you going to lift it? Because if you haven't lifted, you think you're going to lift it. I mean, if you haven't been working out. I mean, really haven't been working out. Now, some people are strong because they have natural strength and they do things that actually are out, outdoors and they can, they can you know. But, but I'm talking about someone who can do that on a regular basis. That's not, that's not what we consider to be wisdom. How do you get to that? Well, you begin. You start out 50 pounds, 75 pounds, 100 pounds. You say, what's that mean? That means this. You begin to believe God even for the little things. And then the little things turn into the big things that we would consider to be big in our lives. I remember, and I'll tell you this, and then we'll close. But turn over in your Bibles to Ephesians. This is where we're going to finish Ephesians. We want to stop there. But I remember, and I'll talk to you about, I've said this many times before, that what we put into our children, what we put into our kids, I believe that uh, as we pray and trust God that it remains, say it remains. And I believe this. I remember, you see, because in my family, in my family history, my natural family history, I've shared this before, that my dad and my brother had heart issues, heart issues. At 35, my father had a massive heart attack and died, 35. At 34, my brother who had a weak heart and because of other things that he had done with his life through drinking and drugs, and things of that nature, died at 34. So, I didn't know anything about this generational curse, you know, and things of that, I didn't know anything about that. And, and, and I just, I said, man, what is going on here? And then I got saved, I got born again, and I began to read about that, and then I began to say, I said, no, this will not happen to me. This will not happen to me. But then, what happens is we moved, as I talked about, we, we left, we moved from here, Clovis, New Mexico, and went to Oklahoma. And we moved, and, and our son, Stephen, is playing football like most normal young kids, sixth grade, would ever want to play to tackle football. You got to go get a checkup. And then, of course, all the kids are going right through line and everything like that, and the doctor stops him, checks his heart, and says, we got a problem. Immediately, I'm thinking, oh, no, we don't. Now, that's what I'm thinking. But guess also what the enemy is trying to speak over here. You see, I prayed for me. I prayed for me at that time. You know, I didn't, wasn't even thinking about Stephen because I don't know if Stephen was even born then. I don't know. Maybe he was, but he was born. Broke that curse over my life. Then it tried to come back around. So he's sitting there disappointed young man because he couldn't play football, didn't pass the physical. Now, he's been playing basketball, you know, I mean, forever. Oh, he got a heart murmur. Okay. So next thing we know, we said, Stephen, what do you want to do? We said, let's go home. Went home. Man, I tell you what, was nothing, nothing much was said in the, in the truck. We drove, pulled up in the garage. I said, son, this is because we, we teach our kids the word. And all of us should do that. Can you say amen? amen. And I said, Stephen, what, what do you want to do? What, what can you believe for? He said, I believe that I can be healed. I said, good. Because I believe that too, so let's agree.
1: And you know,
0: when we prayed, I put my, you know, <laughs> I mean, because you pray all the time, you, I think I'm going to hold hands, you know. I said, let's hold hands, let's agree. And you know what he did? He fell into my arms and just like, just gave himself totally, completely. It's just like he didn't want to hold my hand. He wanted to hold me. And said, let's pray. And we prayed and believed God. It didn't take forever. After we prayed, he looked up at me, got on his bike, and took off. <laughs> now, to me, it was probably, I don't know, if it was I know it was meaningful to him, but to me, I'm thinking, wow, that was awesome. I mean, it's just something about when your kids, I mean, you know, when you know they're hurting and they just fall into your arms and they have a need and you just, oh, man. It just does something to you. So, next year comes around, he still wants to play football. And that's how we're finished. And I said this before. It's the same doctor. The same doctor. And he goes through. Now we prayed. We believed God. And all the kids are going through the line. Then here comes Stephen. He checks him out. He says, next. Next. Totally, completely healed. Totally healed. I mean, I started to say, can you check them again? (laughs) Where was my faith? Listen to me. Next, family of God. When we take the time to get into the word of God and we prepare ourselves, we may not be able to see what's going to happen down the road. God knows. But it's our responsibility to get into the word right now and believe God right now so that we are prepared because faith prepares, always prepares. So I say to you, as we look here, and and we're finished, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I've read this before because perhaps there are some of you that are here tonight that would say, you know, I've never given my heart to the Lord. I've I've never invited Jesus Christ into my life. Now, how many of you would say you have? Let me see, by the show of your hands, if you don't mind raising your hands. You say, I have prayed, and and I believe, thank you, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior, he's my Lord. Okay, you believe that you are born again, good. But let's read this, because perhaps there's two or three or maybe more that would say, I never prayed that prayer. And it says right here in verse 8, it says, For by grace, say grace, you have been saved through faith. Yes, faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So I say to you as heads are being bowed and eyes are closing, I say to you, maybe one or two of you, I don't know, there may be more, that you would say that I want to receive that grace, God's grace in my life. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord and I've never done it before but I want to do it tonight for the first time ever man I want to accept Jesus or maybe perhaps you would say you know I I want to rededicate my life to God I've gotten away from the Father I know I have but now I kind of like I want to come clean I want to start all over again this is my day this is my time and if you believe that's you then I'm speaking to you as well now, on both of those invitations, if you don't mind, if, if you're saying, that's me, the first invitation, man, I've never prayed a prayer, the prayer of salvation to accept said in my heart. Would you raise your hand? Is there anybody like that tonight? Would you slip your hand? Just slip your hand right where you are and saying, that's me. I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else? There's one that you would say God is speaking to your heart. And you know, and that's the, that's the love of God. That's the mercy of God. That's the grace of God reaching out to you. And don't sit in your seat saying, oh, man, maybe tomorrow, maybe next day. Because, you see, tomorrow may not be promised to you. So I'm saying to you today, I'm saying to you tonight, respond to the Spirit of God. And if that's you, and you're saying, I want to pray for the first time that prayer, raise your hand. I've seen one. Is there anyone else? Okay, let's talk about the second invitation. You're here tonight. Man, you came tonight. And you know that your life has not been where you want it to be or where it used to be. And you're saying, man, I want to get back where I know that I know that I know that I know where I'm supposed to be in God. Tonight is my night. And you want to rededicate your life. Let me see you raise your hand. We have anybody like that? Anybody like that? Say, that's me. I see that hand. There's one. Is there anyone else? I see that hand. That says, that's me. This is my night. Man, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Do we have anyone like that? Anyone else? Okay, I believe there was two hands that went up. Family of God, you can look up. There was two hands that went up. Now, I'm going to ask those two hands, those people that that, that are connected to those hands, to respond by faith to the call, to that that unction, that that the Spirit of God that's pulling you right now. Would you stand up on your feet and say, that's me. I raised my hand. Stand up on your feet right now. You raise your hand. Stand up on your feet and come down. You know who you are. You raise your hands. Come down. Come on down. Back here. You raise your hands. Come on down. Rededicating your life, giving your life to the Lord the first time. Come right over here. Praise God. How you doing, sir? What's your name? Thomas. Thomas. Okay, Thomas. Go ahead and turn this way and let's face that screen right behind me. Right, come stand right in front of me. Good. You here for prayer? Okay. Rededicating. Okay. Let's look up together. everyone, let's read this out loud. Ready? Read. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to call upon the Lord. And everything that you are believing God for coming down here that you should receive, you're going to receive it by faith. And lay hold of God's precious promise of salvation rededication, getting our lives focused and moving in a direction that God has promised. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yeah. Do you believe that God raised Him from the dead? Your heart tells you. Amen? How about you, my brother? Do you believe that? No. You know that. Praise God. Amen? And what we're going to do right now, we're going to call upon the Lamb Lord. We're going to pray together. Family God, will you pray with me? Guys, let's pray. Repeat after me, okay? Dear God, I come to you now, just as I am. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. He gave his life so I could live. Forgive me of all my sins. I thank you that you did not spare your only son, but you gave him up for me. Tonight, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I accept him as my Savior and Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. Come on, church. Hallelujah. If you'll turn right around, we have our prayer team. Guys, go ahead with them just a few minutes. We have gifts we want to give you. Come on, church. Come on. Let them, let them hear it. Yes. Praise God. Amen. We love you. Wow. The nature of faith. All right, Brad, you have something? Come on.
1: Hey, guys, I just want to give you a quick testimony to really encourage your faith. Um, Two weeks ago, Pastor Maurice gave the nature of faith part one, if you remember. And I sat right here, and Betty Compton sat right here. And this this is Peggy's mom, Betty, right here waving her arm at you. And they took her home. Wednesday night after church, and everything was fine. Thursday morning, see, Alan and Peg live in Muleshoe. Thursday morning, um, Plains Regional Medical Center, ER, calls Peggy and says, um, Does your mom have a DNR? Because she's gone. Should we resuscitate her? This is 14 days ago, or thir- uh, 13 days ago, Thursday morning, right? And Peggy says, What? I just saw her a few hours ago. She was fine. Well, ma'am, she's, she's gone. Would you like us to resuscitate her? Yes! So they resuscitate her, and they put her on a respirator, and they put her on the helicopter to Lubbock. Well, I get a, a memo in the morning to pray for, for Betty Compton. I'm like, wait a second. I saw her last night. I saw her hours ago. And I, I told the front office, I said, I want to go to the hospital. I want to pray. So I, I jumped in the car and started going to Lubbock, and right when I got there, you know, Alan and Peg and the family had been there, and they were moving her to a uh, uh, high-tech redneck respiratory because what happens was her lungs had stopped working i don't know what was you don't know how many machines were hooked up to betty that night that that afternoon so we got there a little bit after lunchtime and I, i'm not even kidding you i walked out of the elevator and alan and peg were in the hallway and the, the doctor came out and shaking his head now, how many of you know it's not a good thing for your faith when the doctor is shaking his head if, if you have faith before you get there, it's like what Pastor Maurice was saying. You've got to have faith before you get to that hospital floor, right? And he comes out shaking his head and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. The rest of the family took it quite hard. Alan and Peggy didn't change their reaction, didn't change their faith. The doctor shaking his head and giving the bad news of I'm done had no impact on their faith. And they said, okay, well, before you pull the plug, Doc, we're going to pray. And he's like, do whatever you want. And they looked at me and said, our pastor's here. We're going to go pray and believe God to, to touch her body. This is, this is 13 days ago, right? So we go in there, me and Alan and Peg. And there was about, Betty, you don't know this, sweetheart, because you, you weren't with us at the moment. You were all hooked up. to. Those machines. There was about 11 doctors and nurses and techs all around your whole bed. A zillion machines and everything beeping and going crazy. And I said, guys, just, just give me a minute. And I went up to her head, and I whispered right in her ear. I said, sweetie, we're going to pray. And we're going we're to use faith and believe that God's going to touch your body. And me and Alan and Peg prayed. There wasn't time to pray long, lofty prayers. There was only time to pray a prayer of faith for her healing. And all the techs and all the doctors and all the nurses just stood back. They didn't leave the room they just stood back and waited and as we got done they all jumped right back in and did whatever it is that they were doing and we left the room and let them work on on betty and we're standing out there in the hallway and within about 15 minutes her o2 gap, her lungs started working again on their own immediately So I just want to encourage your faith. You never know when you're going to need your faith. So you've had three weeks of teaching on how to grab hold of tangible faith from so many different stories and illustrations and Bible verses. Man, be ready because you don't know when you're going to walk into that hospital room and some faithless doctor is going to shake his head at you and go, I'm sorry, we're done here, it's too late. Yeah? Put your faith out there for the power of God to work in your life, in your marriage, in your job, in your kids. Amen? Because there, 13 days later, there she is, spitfire and living proof of the hand of God. Faith applied. <laughs> Guys, we love you so much. We'll see you Friday night. And don't forget, get your mom and your daughter and your sister and your grandma and your aunt out here for Sunday morning for Mother's Day. Amen.